Welcome to Tech Talks in 20. I'm Michael Logan. And I'm Ginger Conlon. Ginger, in the state of CX, what were some of the interesting things we found out about bots? Well, Michael, no surprise, more and more customers are using bots for customer service, to get information, but satisfaction level is not increasing along with their use. Unfortunately, it's decreased a little bit over the past couple of years. But I think that presents an opportunity to yeah. learn more about how to do bots well. What's the best way to do that? Well, of course, talk to someone who works on bots all the time. And we happen to have one of those folks with us today. Perfect. Lucas Woodward, a software engineer at Ovo Energy, is immersed in bots and he's going to tell us how to do it right. Welcome, Lucas. Uh, before we jump into all this discussion around bots and how you've deployed them with Ovo Energy, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your role and, and a little bit about Ovo Energy? Yeah, sure. Um, so I work at Ovo Energy. They, um, they're one of the big um, energy companies in the UK. Um, my particular job is software engineer um, on a team that writes um, bots and also the backend services that integrates into Genesis to uh, pull out data for reporting purposes. Um, but we've been working a lot on bots to achieve fairly complex um, user journeys at the moment. Very cool. So Lucas, uh, tell us a little bit about how Oval Energy is using bots in the customer experience. When I say that, you know, mostly for customer service, but also if there's any you know, marketing uses that like wind up tying into customer service. Tell us all about that. Uh, so primarily um, at the moment, the bot is the first thing a customer will hit when they're going through a WhatsApp or web messenger. Or in some cases, the IVR as well, depending on the menu option they choose, they might go straight through to a bot. Um, and they're being used for um, FAQs, kind of trying to answer um, simple questions using <clears throat> intent recognition. Um, they're also used for understanding routing as well, um, how to route a customer based on bits of metadata we can, can kind of glean from the information they provide. Um, and they also have complete um, journeys to them, like submitting a, a meter reading. At the end of some of the fully kind of unassisted, so where an agent hasn't been involved, we also have bots to wrap up with a survey as well. Oh, that's great. So you're... you're getting to collect some customer feedback when you're also assisting customers. Yes, yeah. And what's quite nice is it's scraping out the questions um, in real time. Um, so someone's able to change the survey in the background and the bot will interpret that in a way that it can ask the question um, to the customer and then populate the, the survey data in the background. When you're building bots that customers enjoy using, it can be challenging, right? It can be a challenge. And you've created an automation strategy to help you do that. Um, tell us about your approach and, and why you built the automation, uh, built that automation. When we were first given the task of looking into bots, I'm a software engineer. So I started coming at it from a software engineer's perspective, um, where you start thinking about how much automation um, can you have in the, the pipeline for creating a bot. It's more automation you can have, kind of automated steps. Um, 
the less reliance you have on a human who can potentially make mistakes and the quicker it becomes and you can do things in a more reproducible way like testing um, we have when we make a change to a bot we have over 30 for one particular bot we have over 30 regression tests that take place regression tests are just ensuring that the the functionality that you've built hasn't caused anything else to regress uh, we'll then have exploratory testing which then the the tests from that will make them work their way into regression tests as well um, but just being able to define a bot in code um, and reproducibly deploy that to different environments and put it put the creation of the bot in the code review process that we would review any other piece of software um, has meant that the rest of the team are able to um, offer comments on any improvements they can see with the bot. We have a single source of truth um, where the, the bot's code is kept. We reduce that kind of feedback cycle as well. We're able to quickly get changes in front of the customer with a certain amount of assurance that nothing is broken because we have these automated tests. So just coming at it from a software engineer's perspective, it's just helped with kind of managing that, that complexity that you have within a bot. And it's, um, like I said, it's reduced that feedback um, time, which has been great because then we can quickly iterate on new bits of functionality. And similarly, you built automation for Genesis Web Messenger and designed to, to ensure the bot integration. Can you walk us through that or is there any differences in how you approach that? Um, so that integration, um, there's... So the, the pipeline um, will deploy bots using the Terraform provider that um, the Genesis offers. So we, and as well as the dependencies that it has, because uh, a bot very rarely does anything without communicating with an external system. Um, so all these data actions, data tables, they're all defined as code and deployed as well as the bot. Um, and because it's defined in, so Terraform allows you to define your infrastructure or your bot and the data actions in code, and then you can point it to a particular environment. So you could have an organization for development, an organization for um, production, and you can point it at either of these and it will deploy um, it the same way every single time. So we at least know that what we deploy in or test in development is going to be in production. Um, that's what the customers are going to interact with. So then I create another tool uh, which allows us to define kind of test interactions. So it's, it's essentially like a script. Like you say this to the bot, you will expect the bot to say this back and then you will provide this account number and so forth. And that's using, once again, it's using the tooling provided by Genesis. It's using their SDK, the client SDK for Web Messenger. So you could just create a, a simple Web Messenger deployment, give it the deployment ID, and then you can point um, any scripts that you want and it will run through the test so as part of our kind of route to production one stage that has to pass is that all these tests have to pass against your your bot before it makes it through and that's cut out a lot of time um, with manually regression testing the exploratory testing is still human based because humans know how to break these things better than any script that's been really helpful because previously we might have had to have reduce the amount of regression testing um, we're doing in order to, uh, to get something through um, quite quickly. Whereas now we don't have to, it's, it's all these tests are done in parallel. So we'll have uh, 10 tests at a time kicked off in parallel, um, which will simulate these 10 customers. 
Um, so that's that type of automation has really sped things up. This is so cool. So I love the fact that you're you're taking the perspective, as you said, from a, of a software engineer as you're doing all this, and at the same time you're also being super customer centric because you're testing and retesting and making sure that nothing is broken before it goes out there, which ensures that you know that great customer experience. So it sounds like your development process is really iterative with all of this like test and learn that you're doing and then kind of keeping an eye out on what customers are doing when they're interacting with the bots. Tell us a little bit more about how you put that all together. Well, interestingly, there are people within Ava as well, which will sit down with um, customers and they'll, they'll allow developers um, to come to these um, these meetings where they'll actually kind of ask a, a customer questions about their interaction, kind of have a look at how they interact with these services. So you get that kind of real-time feedback of why they've done um, what they've done or said what they've said, which as a developer, sometimes you can be quite removed from that. You can you can have this kind of scenario of how you think it will play out, um, but then a, a customer will provide a completely different answer to what you expected. And then the reviewing the transcripts as well, being able to look at the transcripts and see how people interact with your bots. Um, or where the bots have kind of not not understood a question in a particular way because it was phrased in a way you hadn't um, catered for. There are also people who are using the background training, like the FAQ bots, busy training that, um, categorizing what people are saying. Um, so there's that constant kind of iterative improvement uh, to even the recognition of uh, an FAQ bot. And there, there, there's a tremendous amount of data that's coming back to you. Uh, can you tell us about how you're, what, what ways are you consuming that data? What ways are you uh, getting access to the data you need to, for improvements other than meeting with customers, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so there's, so as well as the, the milestones and outcomes that are available for flows, um, we have another tool in the background that utilizes participant data. Um, so within a flow, we're able to use participant data to essentially kind of mark a metric we'd like to capture. So if there's a yes, no question, um, we could have a bit of participant data formatted in a particular way that a tool that's integrated with the event bridge integration that Genesis provides is able to consume um, every time a, a participant data has been updated and then store this in an observability platform we use regularly for software. Um, so we're able to have the, the same metrics that we'd have for software for the flows as well, which can, kind of comes back to the way we treat them like software because of the complexity that they contain. It's very helpful to, to categorize them as such in our situation anyway. Um, so then we're able to analyze this data. Um, what's useful is it, can, it comes in in real time. So there have been occasions where there's been I know, something in the news that has changed the, the customer's behavior and we can instantly pick up on that or there's been some problem within the bot. And then that's flagged. You can do things like um, anomaly detection or monitoring on that. We also drag out a lot of data from Genesis to just do reporting in the background, um, reports that um, kind of bring together bits of different information across uh, across the business. So we'll have data coming into a data warehouse where we're then able to do structured queries on that to understand more about um, customer behavior across different products. One more thing. So you mentioned that, you know, you can update bots based on something they're hearing on the news. So that real time change you need to do 
with the with the data of your collection, how are your bots? How are you using that data to evolve your flows and, and your bots along the way? Are you is that a continual uh, change that you're with that data? Yeah, so so we'll take a human to review it to um to understand what's happening. Like normally, you could de- detection could tell us that I know something's changed in the way people are answering questions, and then it'd be a case of going through reviewing that to actually understand from a human perspective um, what's happening there and make adjustments. Um, or in the case of I know a service is that's dependent on by bot is rarely up 100% of the time. So being able to detect that and mitigate for that um, and a gracefully handle a service going down temporarily and redirect people to a different part of a bot or gather a bit of information and then pass them to an agent so the agent has that information is really useful. So what's next on the roadmap for how you're using bots? Um, more journeys, more personalization? Uh Yes, yeah, more journeys. So we're, we're currently working um, on another one at the moment. We tend to have a look to see what takes up, kind of what has a lot of complexity and could value from kind of having uh, automation and data kind of pulled in from the business in a quicker fashion than is possibly um, is necessarily possible for an agent. So yeah, we're, we're looking for, for journeys like that um, and automating them at the moment. And then the background just looking into to things around AI, the um, chat GPT and all those interesting new topics that come up. Uh, on that note, let me ask you, that, what, what do, what's your take on having one bot to rule them all strategy? Are you just using one? Do you look at, are you, as you're evaluating these new products, are you, are you considering other tools? Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> all the time. Cause there's so many different technologies out there and well, as we've seen with AI, I mean, everything's moving at a rate of knots. So we're constantly looking at new technologies. We're testing out um, just recently, we're testing out um, voice recognition for different um, dialects um, and trying different bots for that. Um, and look, then looking at ChatGPT, seeing if it, it can be used anywhere. My personal opinion is it's it's difficult to see where it can be used because it's um, what it says is very much out of your control. But there might be derivatives of that, like it, um, it provides APIs for know, test completion or um, understanding like FAQ questions. But once again, it's, it's just seeing how that develops. So it's interesting. Is that approach to look at other uh, options in which bot you're going with? Is it more around personalization choices for your customers? Because you mentioned dialects. Is, that, is, is it more about giving better options not so much around the types of journeys you can create um it's a multitude of things like um it's, it's speech recognition capabilities is integrations what can it integrate with and um, what are restrictions around those integrations personally how well does it um kind of be plugged into like development tools how easy is it to to create a flow with it i mean some may have a, a ui that's very intuitive but lack on the ability to and export to a file that we could keep in source control. We could keep in a kind of single source of truth um, where others are very kind of um, low level um, and offer that kind of tighter integration development tooling. But then if you need another team to come in who aren't technically experienced in that way, they might not be able to, to modify it in some UI. So lots of different factors. It's an interesting space to be in because it's moving so quickly and there's so many different options. 
It sounds like also you have how you're choosing which bots you're going to put into use is a blend of what can help the customer, but also kind of what helps Ovo Energy and you know frontline agents because customers are able to do so much more before either instead of getting to an agent or before they get to an agent. So, you know, it just makes that employee experience more efficient, it sounds like as well. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we have, um, we have bots that try to glean information. Like I might ask for um, details about a customer so that we're able to gather um, information on how to route them. Um, the type of technology we choose would have an impact on how we ask the customer for that information and impact their experience. If you're just restricted to touch tones, DTMF tones, you tap the, the keys on your phone, there's a limited amount of information you can ask the customer for with that before they either get frustrated or they make a mistake naturally because you find that you've asked for a very long number. Um, whereas you could employ a different technology that's very good at speech recognition. But then equally, some some technologies are great at know, names, but they might not have the classifiers for postcode. Okay, so you can you, you can use you can ask for say a postcode um, with those technologies. So it's really a blend. It's trying to find the, the right technology or the right bot for that particular journey or what you're asking the customer to do. I have one follow-up question. What's the, you know, you get voice to the customers, you talk about making these rapid changes. What's the one thing that surprised you? What's one thing that you found that you're, the response you're getting has been kind of a moment where you're like, oh, I didn't expect that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I would say it's with, so we have a bot that allows people to put in their, their meter reads. These are on electricity meter, you'll have a reading and it's a, it's a long um, set of numbers often with a, decimal point in there and you have to ignore anything on the other side of the, the decimal point um so we put together a nice script that asks the person for this number explains what they need to do and people submit photos of their meters um which is perfectly normal you'd expect in, in hindsight why wouldn't you that's something i would do it's a it's a complex ask they might not know they're going to be talking to a bot um so yeah just submitting a, a photo of a, a meter I know that when I'm asked to enter serial numbers, it is easier just to take a picture of it and then bring it back to your wherever your your device and start typing it in. So why not just send the picture? That makes sense. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and if you've always expected an agent to deal with this request, then it could be that that's that's been how you you worked in the past. And then people come in to create a bot, and now that person is interacting with the bot, whereas they used to talk to an agent. Um, I guess that comes into the the question about what technologies there are if there's one bot to rule them all because it could be that you go down the journey of looking at um image recognition some way of pulling that information from the from the photo um, and the accuracy and whether that can at least kind of you could do a first stab at that ask the customer kind of is this the correct number in your meter and then use that to further train image recognition so you are totally immersed in bots and there's still a lot of companies that are in a much earlier test and learn phase. So you're in an elevator with another software engineer from a company that's just kind of starting out or early journey in the bots, but you only have time to give them one piece of information, one piece of advice. What would it be? I think it'd be to pay attention to how customers are interacting with your bots. They're the main reason 
there's a lot of the only reason you're creating your bots. And it's very easy when you're creating a bot to have this preconceived notion of how people will interact with it. Um, and to stick to that as well, sometimes you just look at the, the success metrics. You might um, not look at the, the failure metrics as closely as you should. But when you start looking at those transcripts of how people interact to what you expect, completely different. So you keep paying attention to those transcripts and recordings um, and iterate based on those. Well, you blog about these uh, adventures that you experience in software engineering. Can you tell us how to find out more about those, find, find those blogs? Yeah, of course. So I um, I post to the Ovo tech blog. Uh, so if you just Google Ovo tech blog, then it'll be on there. But I also have my personal one, which is sketchindev.co.uk. So I enjoy sketching and I'm a developer. All right. Well, thank you for your time today. We appreciate all the insights you have. We may, may have to have you back at some point later just to, to catch up with you on your bot adventures. So thank you very much. Well, Michael Lucas Woodward from Oval Energy provided so much insight into how to do bots right. What stood out for you? What stood out is that we're, we're politely asking everyone not to go overwhelm their, their, their site to check out their, their bot. Definitely go to the blog to learn more. But I think the biggest thing that I took away is that bots are there. He had to develop, they, they, there were development strategies around it because it's a continuous evolution of it. They continue to deploy changes and they continue to update and, and monitor that through data. But then on the other side, they, when we talk about all the new technologies out there, they're not, they are not sold on the one bot strategy, which means they're they're actively looking for better ways to improve it through different technologies that integrate well into their platform. And then also the fact that the big surprise, which is not really surprising, chat GTP is, seems to be a very popular topic, but at the same time, he, he pushed back on that a bit by saying, not really sure what it's going to answer and how it works in, in their contact center. Yeah, it makes sense to... Test test and learn is very much uh, the OVO energy approach, with which I thought is great. And speaking of test and learn, one of the things that stood out for me is that they just they don't make assumptions about customer behavior. They start with some assumptions, but then they go and gather all the data about customer behavior. They sit with their customers to see what they're actually doing and saying so they can learn from that. And then on the other side, in terms of um, development, once they get that feedback and like you said, Michael, make those ongoing improvements, it's not just automation. They have a fantastic automation strategy, but humans are integral to that strategy as well. So Automation does their its part and humans do their part to make sure that they get the outcomes that they're looking for. Absolutely right. Well, as we close this week's episode of Tech Talks in 20, I want to thank everyone for listening and hope you were able to take something away from today's topic. Before we leave you, we wanted to remind you to be sure to take advantage of the resources listed below on Genesis.com. Please expand on today's topic and we'll leave you with some additional information. Also, be sure to click subscribe to get notified on new episodes of the podcast and feel free to share with colleagues and friends. Again, thanks for listening and stay tuned for the next episode of Tech Talks in 20.